sales community, summer sales community. Welcome back to another episode of the Summer Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Holmes, and I have Albert L'Esperance, who's a Golden Door winner for Aptive Pest Control. I won't give too much away, but he won a Golden Door his second year doing summer sales and did so in three and a half months, which is incredibly impressive. So I'm excited to have him on. And yeah, Albert, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself. So my name is Aubert L'Esperance, Aubert L'Esperance, if you speak French. It's my second year at Aptive, this summer was. So I did 524 accounts my rookie year, 556 this year, and significantly less time. So first summer I did that in five months, just over three months this year. Yeah, so excited to grow, excited to be here, excited to chat, kick it, discuss all things sales. You must have had an insane contract value because you hit Golden Door this year, right? Yeah. In three, three-ish months? Yeah. Gosh. Yep. So just over three months. So I did, I think it was a 1217 ACV. Yeah. To anyone who isn't in pest control, $650,000 in revenue is what gets you Golden Door. And that's serviced accounts. And so to do 500, you basically did the same amount of accounts, but probably are going to make more than twice as much as what you made back in 2020. That was your rookie year, right? Yeah. Rookie yeah. year. And you didn't sell 2021 or 2022. Correct. Why is that? Correct. I had a bit of a gap. So I'm Canadian originally. So I actually, and we'll get into this, but I sold after my first year, after undergrad was my first year. And so I did that. I had some time to work on my student visa. And so did that. And then I was in Canada for a couple of years doing other stuff. I'm getting my MBA now. So now I have more opportunities to work and do stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that you're, honestly, most people after they've done really well indoor door drop off in school. Yeah. But yeah, sounds like you're still going strong with it. So this was your second summer. You hit a golden door. Yep. I see so often people who do decent their first year or who are good, but who aren't able to pop off the way you did. Like what, what makes you special? Why were you able to hit a golden door your second year? Why were you able to basically double your revenue just your second year? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's, I think there's a couple things and I want to like clarified just by looking at the timelines. So my first summer doing 524 accounts, I did that in five months. Okay. That's a hundred and some change accounts a month, right? Yeah. Doing 556 accounts in three is whatever that is. It's like 170 accounts. It's almost double the number of accounts so you per were, month. Yeah. And that's a good point to highlight. You were selling a lot more volume, Yeah. but you were also selling it at a much higher contract value. Yeah, correct. And the only reason I make that clarification is because, um, well, first of all, I want people to know it's possible to increase not just via um, contract value, but also via volume. Like both are important and you can do both. Yeah. Uh, I think also if you look at my at my numbers this summer, I did 100K in May. I only did 100K in May. If you triple, that's not 676K, which yeah. is where I ended. I think, and I know that's like cheesy and what a lot of people talk about, but I think the difference is mental. I think any rep that does 300K in pass can do and should do 650. I think a lot of that difference is belief. Belief in yourself, I think urgency, commitment to do it. So I think when I say the difference is mental and that I think for me, the jump was mental. I don't think I increased in my technical ability that much. I don't think I improved that significantly. I do think my mentality around it changed. And when I say it's mental, I think that's not just like raw. 
vague ideas. I think there's a lot of practical things that stem from a change in mentality that I think a lot of people can apply. But I think it's important that people make their mind on what they want to do, commit to that goal. And then I think, yeah, there's a lot of practical things that, that change. Yeah, everyone always wants to figure out the mental hacks because everyone who watches these really good salespeople, they, the difference isn't in sales skill, like maybe a little bit, right. but it's mostly just, oh, the reason I was able to double was because I figured things out mentally. You mentioned belief, urgency, and commitment. Yeah, talk to me a little bit more about that. Like why those three things? Yeah, so I was, people, some people at Aptive, realize this a lot of people don't so i was at 425k on july 21st that's when i decided that i was going to do a golden door so when i talk mm. about commitment if you look at again those numbers like my pace increased an absurd amount after july 21st and that's what people see is i think people also we also have recency bias right where um, people look at my numbers from the summer and they think oh like he sells a lot I didn't sell that much the first half of the summer. So July 21st, I did the math in my head and I really, I said, I'm on pace to do 550K. Like right now, currently 500, 550K on mm -hmm. a summer. And I was like, honestly, and this is no diss on anybody that did that. But to me personally, I was like, if I go home, having done 550K, I'm going to be pissed because it's, dude, just push and do 650 you're that, that close you're that close like you just it actually reminds me so i've ran a half marathon okay i'm a big dude 220 230 pounds i've ran a half marathon and i wasn't planning on it yeah but i just got to nine miles and i was like dude i'm so close like i might as well just check it off just so i can say i've done it but yeah i've seen that a lot like people who do 500k or people who do 80 percent of you know, this really big achievement. And they're like, oh, no, this is enough. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, you're so freaking close already. Why not just literally take a month out of your next year's summer? Just say, hey, next year, instead of selling the full time, I'm going to sell a month less and just do it now. That way you get the pay bumps. That way you get all the extra little fun bonuses, the recognition. Yeah, sounds, but it's, it, it sounds like you were pacing for 550, but... I guess I'm trying to understand the math on how it was a three-month summer. If May you did 100K, did you sell all Yes, yeah, so I ended mid-August, so it's three and a half months. Oh, so you had some really big weeks to finish out. Yeah, so I had a, I know my last week, I think I did 72, 71, 72K. So this is what happened, right? So July 21st, I said, look, honestly, it's like, for me personally, I just knew if I did 550, I would forever regret not doing 650K. Like I knew I would look at my summer and I would that would never sit well with yeah. me. And so I said, at this point, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like whatever it takes, however long I have to stay out. If I have to stay out longer, I'm going to do that until I hit 650. But I'm just not okay with not. And so the second, that's where commitment, I think for me, the second I decided I was going to do that, I think that relieved a lot of pressure. Just because it was like, how oh, there's decision fatigue. There's yeah. a lot of decision fatigue and saying, oh, should I set this goal? Should I not? Set your goal, commit to it. Because then once you do that, my mind, at least me, goes into, okay, problem solving mode. Like, how do I do this? Not, oh, am I, could I, do I believe? Like, just have the belief, have the faith that you can do it. And then once you do that, then it's, okay, cool. So how much is needed? And so 425 to 650, I've got two, I've got 200, K or whatever that is left. 
And so I said, okay, cool. I have about 25 knocking days. If I do 10K every day on average, I'm there. And I was like, that's actually not that crazy out of reach. Yeah. When you think of it as 250K in a month, like that is scary. It's a lot. But when you break it down to something much smaller, maybe to your average rep, 10K a day does like to your average rep, it still seems right. scary. But to you, it was like, I don't know, it is, is three accounts in a day that scary? Well, that's is exact- two accounts like yeah. to, to that rookie, to that person who's been selling for a little bit? If that's not that scary, it's okay. Let's maximize your time on the doors. Let's try to find ways to be more efficient and let's just get your few a day. But don't let, don't have those bagel days or those zero days or those days when you're just mentally not in it. That's honestly, that's the biggest thing is I looked at my averages and I was right around 7K a day. So I was like, dude, that's, that's realistically not that big of a jump. And maybe it is because it's like 150% actually what I was doing. But yeah. like to me, seven and 10 is, dude, you're right there. That's two more deals. So then, but then what I did is I said, okay, cool. You start with that mentality. Mm-hmm. You start with the commitment. You start with the decision. And then you look at all the variables. And so for me, one of the obvious ones was, okay, cool. Like I can change, I can change my product mix. I can change a little bit more. I can sell a little bit more premiums. I can charge a little bit more per account. And that's going to make a big jump, right? If I go from a $1,000 ACV to like a 1200 ACV, then that's, that's a 20, 20% increase. That's dude, you're like from 70, from 7K a day already there. You're at like 8.5K a day. Like you just now narrowed you just that need gap. One more account. You just yeah. need one more deal per day. And so then it's okay. How many hours a day are you knocking? And then you can change that. And so when I say it's mental, what it really is, you make a mental decision to be excellent and to hold yourself to that standard. And then I'm going to do everything in my power every day to control the variables, to control the controllables so that I can get there. But what I found too is like, dude, the second you like make a commitment, I actually hit 650 like four days early because the pressure is gone now. And now it's okay, cool. I know what I need to do. I I know what I need to control. And so like to your point, right? Like to a rookie, maybe 10K is a lot. But dude, if you're, if you're doing 500 K in a summer, you can, and you should do 650. Yeah. But how do you make it? So it doesn't feel like wishful thinking because so many people are like, oh, I'm going to speak it into existence. And in the morning meeting, I'm going to get this many today, or I'm going to have my best week ever. And then they completely flop. Like, how do you make it? So that way it's actually something that you can believe and not just with hot air in your chest say, yeah, I'm going to do this today. Yeah. Like how did, do you, do you understand the question I'm trying to ask? Yeah, absolutely. And and so a few things to that, like number one, everybody that knows me knows I'm not a big speak my goals, like plaster it on social media. That's just not me. Yeah. And it's, it's some people, it helps them. It drives them cool. I think a lot of people that doesn't really drive them. And what it does is if they try to sell themselves on the idea that it does, then like it actually scares them and discourages them. Yeah. And now they like, I feel like a lot of people will say, oh, I'll hit 500K. And if they're on pace for 400, now they feel like they're going to fall short of their goal. And now they just quit altogether. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, now they're actually, they actually end up at three or 200K. And so for me, that's not the right approach. I think a lot of it- What is the right approach? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to look at what you've done in the past. Look at the evidence. Look at the numbers you've done. And to me- I think something that really, I heard, I think it was Corbin Hansen or Drew Hansen that said this on a podcast. He was like, yeah, if you do it, if you've done it one day, you can, you should do it every day. 
And I was like, yeah, like that sounds like wishful thinking. But then I was like, I actually started thinking about it logically. And I was like, it, it's actually weird to have like really high variations between your days. Hmm. It's weird to have 8K days and 2K days like in, in succession. And so I started thinking like, why do I think, why have I been like treating that like it's normal? And I think a lot of it is, yeah, obviously neighborhood to neighborhood or, or door to door, like you'll have different experiences. And yeah, there's ups and downs. Sure. Like I can buy that. But it's weird if you knock the same number of hours every day, you talk to, you knock the same number of doors, like you talk to this roughly the same number of decision makers. It's actually weird that it would fluctuate that much. Yeah. And I think the reason it fluctuates is in, in large part because we've made it so normal in our minds. Hmm. But if you actually think about it logically, it's, it shouldn't because nothing else. Yeah. Hour by hour, it's different. But like day to day, you talk to the same decision maker. If I ask somebody, yeah. hey, like how many decision makers you talk to a day? There's a range and it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty narrow range. Like they know. Yeah. But if I ask them like, hey, how many deals do you sell a day? Or how much rev do you sell a day? But why? And so it's, I think a lot of that is we've made it acceptable and normal to not. So for me, I just, I just like logically accepted, like that's actually not that normal. And so based on my numbers, hey, if I sell 10K like every four days, I should do that every day. Like I've done it enough times. And so that's where I think, to, how do you make it not wishful thinking? Look at your numbers. And if you've hit like a 10K day three or four times, like in a year, you're good. Like yeah. you can do that consistently. But so then what happens is if you truly believe you can do that consistently and logically, like I did, like you accept that this actually makes sense, then every day I'm not going to go home until I hit 10K. Yeah. But one thing I want to push back on is you said, if you actually believe that makes sense, what about the reps that want to speak into existence, but don't believe that it does make sense? Because everything you're saying is spot on, but I know that there's somebody listening who's, okay, yeah, just because I had a couple 10K days, I've had more 2K days, so maybe that's where I should be. Maybe the 10K days are the outliers and my average should be on the lower end. Like, how did you get your belief to, how did you bridge the gap between what you were doing and what your best day was and believing that you could actually do that every day? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great question. And I will preface it by saying before I jump into any of that, like I was in that seat, right? Yeah. Like when Drew said that, it was Drew Hansen that said, I think he said it to Sam Taggart or something. It was him and Cody Olive, I think, on a podcast. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Flex on us, right? Whatever. But I think, first of all, you're never going to accomplish something that you don't believe you can accomplish. So you have to start with some level of, I don't know if this makes sense, but let me lean into it and believe it and affirm it and like actually act upon my belief. So let's say I did fully believe. I think I probably started like 80, 90% belief, but like, like eh, I don't know if that's like for real, but then let me act as if I believed it, right? If I just like fully believed I can go out and sell 10K, what would I do? I'll probably get on the doors a little earlier, probably like segue a little faster, probably have two segues and skip lunch because I, Hey, like I got goals to hit. And I think as you start to think, if I really believed in this, what would I do? And then you do those things. I think you probably will hit your goals. But with that being said, like to get back to just like a real mental piece, and I don't want this to be too vague or too meta, but I do think for me, this resonates and has resonated. I think all of us, if you look at your life, there's like your best self, right? You can think of yourself and not just with sales, but like in life in general, 
You know who you are when you're at your best and who you know who you are when you're at your worst. If I just ask you from a human standpoint, when you're like your best version of you, you do things different than just like average you or like worse you. And I actually think about this in just like my normal life all the time is like, if I were my best self, like me that believes 100% confident, like balls to the wall, full send type guy, I know I do things different when I'm like that. And in sales, how you feel when you have those big days, like when you have a 10K day or like whatever that is in your industry or wherever that you're a little bit different, like you you got, you're a little more swaggy, like you just approach doors different. So why don't you do that when you're not there? The reason you don't is because you don't believe you're that guy. I believe I'm that guy all the time. And that is the mental switch. The mental switch is you have to be able to put yourself in the shoes that you were in when you were at your very best and start your day like that and live your entire day like that. Yeah, I think a common misconception in door-to-door sales, and the analogy I'm going to give is the chicken and the egg, which came first. Yes. Are you popping off and therefore you're swaggy, therefore you're confident? Or are you confident and therefore you start popping off? Like I'm thinking back to something that I used to tell myself my first year that I hit Golden Door. It was 2019. And it was basically, I looked and I saw what Golden Door reps did and what they did different. And I said, huh, if I was a Golden Door rep, what would I do? What would it look like? And it was like, okay, I just started doing those things. Because to whoever's listening, are Golden Door reps doing things differently than you? If they are, okay, there's a reason why they're getting different results. Just plagiarize whatever you think that they're doing different and better. Do those things. Because like I I had an affirmation that I would say to myself. It was the same thing every single morning. I would like throughout the day, it was like, it, it was a really core belief of mine. It was I am a thousand level rep. God and the universe want me to hit a thousand accounts. I can't control what other people think of me. I can only control my own actions. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because I said, I am a thousand level rep. It's not, I'm going to hit a thousand. It's every day was a part of that thousand. I don't become a golden door rep once I hit a golden door. I become a golden door rep now and therefore I hit a golden door. It's just so interesting because It was the same thing with me. Like I committed, I wanted to hit a golden door. That was my goal. And I started reverse engineering it and I had to break through some mental barriers as well. And I I changed what I was doing. And I was working, dude, I was the hardest worker already. Like no one was outworking me. Like I was known for just like grinding. And that was when I was half a golden door. And so like, I know there's a lot of reps. Yeah, I'm already going so hard, whatever. But it's figure out what you want your goal to be. And now once you have that, Now let's start walking it backwards and become the type of person that, or do the things that the person who produces at that level would do or does do. And once you start doing that, like all of a sudden you become that person, chicken or the egg. I believe that the sales rep does certain things and gets certain results because of it. And it's not, oh, they're getting their results. And so therefore they're, I'd work longer hours too if I was making this much per hour. No, the reason he's making that much per hour is because he's working longer hours and thinking different. Sorry for a big old rant. but No, like- dude, I feel your passion on that. And I feel the exact same because I think to your point, is it the belief or the confidence or the results that come first? I think to me, it's dude, yeah, you can have great results and then you'll have the confidence, but you have to believe you can do it first. 
And I agree with you that I think any rep, even the reps are like, I'm trying my best. I'm like working hard, whatever. And this is the result. Okay. Let's say Zach Seeger comes to your hood. Like you're in pest. Zach Seeger comes to your hood. Do you think he's going to sell more than you? And the answer would be yes. If it's not yes, you need to like chill. Unless your name is Zach Seeger. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's probably, he statistically will sell more. Yeah. And so it's, then if you accept that's true, you have to be different to sell more. And this is, I know it's like kind of an obvious thing, but like in order to sell more, you have to sell more. Like you have to, you're going to have at some point to like actually go through the process of being a better salesperson than you currently are. And I think that's, it's so obvious that people miss it where, dude, if you think you're capped where you're at right now, like you're doing your best and you're only getting this result in order to get more, you're going to have to get more. Something will have to happen. And generally you'll have to change. You're going to have to like, whether it's like actionable things or it's your mind or whatever. And so to your point, like you said those affirmations in the present, right? I'm a thousand level rep. You weren't, but you became that, but you weren't. And that's one thing that I'll also push back on. I wasn't a thousand level rep, but at the same time, I was. Like, I didn't become a thousand level rep once I hit a thousand accounts. I became a thousand level rep once I decided and believed and started acting like a thousand level rep. And therefore, I hit a thousand accounts. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And I think the same thing happened with me. And going back to July 21st, right, where I was at 425, and I said, okay, cool. If I want to hit 650, I got to do 10K a day. You look at my stats. My average was like 6.8K a day up until July 21st. July 21st to the like to August 16th, my average is like right over 10K. I almost doubled my production. Is it, is that, did I change that much? Like did I overnight, literally overnight, did I overnight just improve my selling ability? Or is it what you just said, which is, hey, I made a decision. I made a commitment. I made a commitment to believe I could do it and then to go and act as the person that did it. Yeah. How did your actions change after July 21st? Yeah. To be honest, like this is where, I mean, we could get so granular with this, but the first thing is I was like, okay, cool. Like at this point, this means enough to me. And like, I must, like I will not like, oh, it'd be nice if like I will. So now whatever it takes. And so that's where I like, bought another segue, started skipping lunch, like knocking through that. But the reality is like the biggest thing that happened is after July 21st, when I made that commitment, it was no longer acceptable to do less than 10K. Because if I'm that level rep, I'm a golden door winner. Every day I have to hit 10K. So if I'm not hitting 10K, it's not okay. And I think every rep, whether it's 10K or whatever else, like you have to at some point not become okay with performing any lower than your very top performance. Yeah. Okay. But. You didn't hit 10K every single day. I know Correct. there was a day Correct. when you did five. But you know what I did though is every day, if it's 9 p.m. and I'm at 9K, I'm selling until I hit 10K. I, I simply won't stop. It can be dark. I don't care. Until I physically have to leave that neighborhood, yeah. I'm going to keep knocking. Let's say that you had that day when you physically had to stop knocking yeah. at 5K. Yeah. And that's where it's, okay, cool. I did literally everything I physically could in my power. And I just can't. It's 9.30. It's 10 p.m. Most days I knock transparently until 10, 10, 15, 10, 30. And so it's at some point, okay, cool. I can't knock any longer. But what do you do different moving forward? What does the next day or the rest of the week look like because you had that 5K day? 
you have to catch up. You have to make up for it. You getting on the doors early. What are your bullet points of here's what I would do different if I was having an off day? Yeah. So I, I can give you some of mine. I think an exercise that's also helpful is let me put it this way. Let's say, let's say you're having a really big day. You're at like, let's say I'm at like 12K, it's 7 PM. Okay. I'm going to start picking up a little bit, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to do things different. I'm going to have more urgency. I like if someone's and I can tell they're going to say, no, I'm just going to dip. I'm going to go to the next house. Like everyone that's listening to this knows that feeling. Like if there's something crazy on the line or it's like a big incentive day, or if it's the end of the week, it's Saturday and you got to hit like XYZ number by this time. Yeah. You do things differently. Now I can list a lot of things that I do differently. I know I'm like a little bit quicker at trying to like, you know, when you're wasting time with someone and you're just like out of like habits talking to them. And sometimes you're having a conversation that is not going anywhere, but it's pleasant or whatever. And you're lazy, whatever. Like there's so many little things. I don't think it's one big thing. I just think you behave differently when it's like really go time. And so the next day, if I'm, if, if I end a day at 6k, which there's a few of those, like the next day, my first door, I'm going to be like, I have zero time for BS today. I have zero time for anything. And again, like putting yourself in the shoes of what does a golden door rep do? All of us, there's a lot of days that if you audit your day, whoever wouldn't do what you just did. Yeah. So don't freaking do it. And that's, I know it's like kind of vague, but I'm trying to keep it a little bit more vague because this industry is so ritualistic, dude. And people are going to think, oh, like Obert does this. I'm going to do this and have the result. No, there's a hundred million different things. And I want people to think. Yeah. I want, I want everyone to think about what are some things that you do that you know you shouldn't do. I'll give a few examples now of okay. mine. I think something people do horribly wrong that they don't realize is a big thing. And I know I do different when I'm on a roll and I'm really trying to get it done is, you know, when you like walk up to a door and you're, you like get a text. And you really do need to answer. It's like one of your reps or whatever, like you answer it and you're like, oh crap. And then you knock the door because you like forgot. You knock the door and then you're like still responding to this text, like 45 seconds go by or like a minute. And you're like, okay, cool. And then you knock again and then you like, wait a minute. And guess what? You just spent like two minutes there. Now you may not even be on your phone. Like sometimes you're just in your head and you spend like 30 seconds and then you knock again and you spend another 30 seconds. That's a minute. Now let's say for example, instead that you knock you wait 20 seconds, you knock again. It's a little, it's a little urgent, like it's quick. And then they don't answer for another 10 seconds. Guess what? They're not coming to the door. So I'm out. Like literally reps that shadow me mention this all the time. I'll knock a door. I'll wait like 20 seconds, knock again. And like within five seconds, if nothing's happening, I'm out. Yeah. Because guess what? Like if they come out as I'm leaving, I can simply go back and like, it's a talking piece of, oh, sorry, like I'm impatient, whatever. But that took 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 10 seconds, I'm out. 30 seconds instead of a minute is 30 seconds. Right? That's a that 30 second up. gap. Dude, that adds up. If you knock 100 doors, 200 doors a day, that's whatever it is. That's a lot of time. That's hours. Yeah. Every day that you're just wasting. It doesn't need to exist. You don't need to do that. Guess what happens if you can add an hour to your day and you're knocking like nine hours a day, that's a big increase. One thought that I was just barely having is, yeah, you hit golden door in three months, but you probably knocked as many hours as you, it would have been four months your first summer. And so it's like, that's another way that people can really like level up and pop off. It's a very easy thing to control. Just 
all of a sudden you found a way to probably get like an extra three weeks on your summer. Yep. And if on average you're doing this much per week, you know, you just, you literally just upped your summer's production by 20% and you're not even better at selling. You know what I'm saying? And then once you start factoring in momentum, because now you're selling a bunch of people and now you're even deeper in that flow state, that's going to give you another 10% on those. It starts compounding so hard. Yeah. And that's, that's why I skip lunch. Yeah. I don't skip lunch because I'm like, oh, I'm so tough. I skip lunch because I'm like, dude, I can't quantify the difference between like at 4 p.m. Let's say you take lunch from three to four, like my team did. Then it's okay. So let's say I'm at four deals at 3 p.m. I get back on the doors at 4 p.m. and I'm at four deals. Dude, I think there's like an unwritten law in the universe that like if you skip lunch, you'll get a sale during lunch. I've never mm. not had it happen. And but then the difference between being at four deals at 4 p.m. and being at five deals at 4 p.m. is absurd. If you feel like a different person and now you're like, dude, I go hard. Like I skipped lunch. I feel like if I'm at five deals at 4 p.m., I'm ending at 10 deals. I just am because that's the number of hours. The math almost maths out. Yeah. But then if you can knock another 30 minutes at 9 p.m. until 9.30 or 9.30 to 10, depending on your market, like, again, that adds up. And I think the momentum, like you said, dude, like almost every day I would get a, like a sale or two after 9, 9 p.m. Because those sales are easier to get. All the neighborhood, all the neighbors, you just sold all of them. They've seen your trucks all day. But if you knock that same door the next day, number one, you don't feel as hot. Number two, they haven't seen your trucks like hours before. So like that momentum, it does compound. There's other things too, like Saturdays in, in the pest industry. A lot of people take Saturday nights, go out to dinner with their team. I don't, I never did. Hmm. And so it's like, if you really want to hit a big goal, dude, like it takes what it takes. Yeah. And so, and that's another several hours, like let's say four hours, you do that. However many weeks do that. So many hours, that's days, several days. Well, one thing that I've seen consistently is reps who pop off and do very well seem to be very cognizant and have a lot of attention to detail on what their day looks like. When reps who don't are just showing up when they show up, you have a lot more intensity when you're knocking because it's a competition day, because you're at 12K at 7 p.m. and you're trying to PR or whatever, because you understand the situation, you have more intensity and therefore you sell better. Yeah. You know where that intensity came from? Hmm. For me, I never made a decision really to just like go hard. Yeah. Where it came from is I started selling a lot and then I was like, oh, wow, every minute of my time is actually super valuable because it compounds. When you start to sell a lot and you realize like the value of your time, you start attacking time really differently and the urgency comes naturally, but it stems from a belief. Now, in my case, the belief kind of came because I started to see the results and I was like, oh gosh, like I better get on it. But to me, it's dude, if you can get that belief and then you start to understand the value of your time, then you're going to start like just respecting and honoring your time and it's going to lead to different behavior. It starts with the mental, the belief of that. And so to me, it's dude, if you're incentivized by a pair of Jordans, that's also something I don't get. But it's, if you're incentivized by a pair of Jordans, and that gets you to go so much harder and have intensity. Dude, you could have earned that pair of Jordans every single day of the summer times five. Yeah, but dude, you should be intense all the time. Mm -hmm. You should never not be intense. This job is too powerful. And this is another thing too that like I think helps. It helps that I'm older and I've done other things and I've seen more of life a little bit like context. Dude, there's just not that many 
things you can do in life that make you that much money in that little time. Yeah. And so the fact that I could never look myself in the eye squandering that time, it's sacred to me. The time that I have to do this is sacred. I don't know if I'll be able to do it forever. I just don't yeah. know. And so it's, dude, don't waste anything. I audit every minute of my time. You should be intense all the time. If you're trying to hit a big goal, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to give it everything you have and you just don't get to take the breaks and do yeah. the stuff like that's not for you. Yeah. One thing that I think is interesting, like when I was knocking, whether it's past, whether it's solar, I knew how much every single door was worth in a dollar amount. Yes, and I same. knew how much every minute or every hour was. And so when you're starting to produce at a really high level, I would, I considered my time to be worth $500 an hour. So I can't take this 15 minute phone call, just kicking it. I can't just be nonchalant with this lady, you know, who's not going to end up buying because when I'm focused, my time's worth $500 an hour. A quarter of $500 is $125. I'm making almost, I'm making like nine or $10 a minute. And so now all of a sudden finding that extra 30 seconds, like that starts adding up. You know what I'm saying? And you almost get addicted to it because, wow, that going to the gas station and cooling off and using the bathroom there and grabbing a drink and going to grab somebody else who's also hot, who doesn't have a car. Dude, you just wasted 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? For me, yeah. that would have been $400. Like, I'm not wasting that. And That's I know it's like catastrophic, dude. I, I And I know people are like, okay, yeah, you're a golden door. So that makes sense. When I'm only selling this much, my time's not worth as much. I don't know. Maybe your time's not worth as much, or maybe you're not putting as much into your time, and so therefore you're not making as much. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, dude. It's like, I guarantee that two days of me full intense knocking, more dedicated focus knocking time than a full week for 90% of the industry, and that's why I've been able to do well. I'm sure that's, I can tell that's why you've been able to succeed as well. And it's, oh, what's the difference? Oh, it's all mental. Yeah, it is. Because you changed it mentally, you also made physical changes along the way to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. And this is the thing, like it, anyone that sees this is more than welcome to hit me up in the DMs and ask me a specific question about how a specific mental thing affects me practically. The reality is whenever we say something's mental, it starts mental, but it's very real. None of this is just me guessing me up. The other thing too, dude, is I believe and I've seen, and I just, I think I have enough reason to fully embrace the idea that people can tell, people can, people see it in your eyes. Who does the coach want to start? The kid who's jogging or the kid who's diving, scrapping, going after every rebound, whether he's getting it or not? Who is the coach noticing more? Dude, people can see it. People can smell it. And guess what happens if I'm talking to someone and they're like, I'm like, yeah, no, look, if you don't do it, that's fine. And they can sense the urgency. Dude, people can, they can tell there's something about that and they want that. Like they want. And because you're not desperate, it actually makes them want it more. Like if you want, if you're dating and you want a girl too much, they don't want you back. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So there's always that fine line where, where since you're not desperate and you don't need that one sale, like the rep who's a one or two a day rep is, oh my gosh, I can't lose out on this one because this is my whole day. It's no, quit thinking like it's your whole day and be willing to like cut those people short and watch. You'll actually close more of those people because you're willing to leave. Absolutely. And dude, I, I just think that's also self-respect. I think it does something to your brain when you start to value your time 
and you start to, to value the fact that you're wasting time with people and that they're wasting your time and you start to put your foot down and say, hey, look, like I'm cutting my own BS. I'm cutting your own, like your BS, like I'm out of here. Something happens in your self-belief too, where you're like, my time is worth a lot. Like you start to do these things, it reinforces your belief that your time's worth a lot. And your mind just starts to act upon these things. Like it, you, what the mind dwells upon, the body acts upon. And anything you can do to signal to like your real environment that like you're the boss and you're in charge and you're a golden door rep and you're a solid salesperson, anything you can do practically that proves this, your brain will pick up on. And as your brain picks up on it, your, your behavior changes. Like mental stuff, dude, like affects actual real yeah. things that happen. And I don't know how to quantify it but it does. Yeah. Yep. It has a way bigger multiplier. You almost started doubling your production, not because you all of a sudden got twice as good at selling. Okay. So I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. Yes. What would you say to somebody who's weighing out sales versus another option? So I'll make it as rapid fire as I can on this, but I will say like from my background and experience, nothing is as stable as you think careers are not linear. The idea that you get an internship, then you do this, then you do this is you can do that or you can do it in all sorts of ways. I will also say that the people you really want to impress professionally in any career will respect this grind. Everybody will. Everyone does. And I think you will learn more skills, abilities, and things that will change your life. Like not just your career, not just like your ability to land a job. I think you're better positioned to land a full-time job at any firm if you've done this and you really learn and master the skills and take it serious, then if you go do the internship, because you'll be able to sell yourself. And I've done that. Like, I'm not saying that as like this gas thing. Like I've done both. I've done this and then the corporate world and then this and then created business. Like life is not as linear as you think. And you should pick the option that makes sense now. And it's this. Yeah, no, I think that's sick. Just because even in the corporate world, gosh, accountants, or a dime a dozen, unless you're freaking sick. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, you have to find some way to differentiate yourself. I promise you that internship, it's not really going to give you any extra skills or abilities that so-and-so that you're competing against didn't have. Dude, the number of people I know that did internships that like a month in, the person was like, hey, we actually don't really need it. And then they just wasted time or like we're fired. I know a lot of people like that. Mm. And I will say to even add to what you said, yeah, people are accountants, but whoever, like in life, like any career, yeah, like it's replicatable unless you said, unless you're sick. I will say too, dude, any field, you're a software engineer, you're a nurse, you're whatever you are, like the people that are in charge, the leaders are always the people that have better people skills, always and everywhere. Yeah. If you can sell yourself and you can do whatever, be a carpenter, you will be better off. Sales is, and I'm not saying this because I'm in sales. I'm in sales because I say this. Yeah. Like sales is the most valuable skill to advance in anything in life. Yeah. Any big name that their name, they're freaking good at sales. Like I was just thinking about Elon Musk. Yeah. Do I think he's a genius? Yeah. Do I think he's a little kooky in some ways? I do. And a lot of people would say, oh, I've seen him on his calls that they do every quarter. He's not that good at sales. My response would be, he actually is incredible at sales because he's sold you that on him being such a genius and him being able to figure it out that he gets investing. Dude, and that's what I was going to say. Like what Elon Musk is the best in the world at, I think, is fundraising. Dude, the Cybertruck, how many years is that? It's not even, it's like barely we're starting to physically yeah. see it. 
It's dude, like the guy can sell you on the idea and then he can go figure it out. Once, guess what? Once you raise like millions, millions of dollars, you can find a person to execute on it and make it happen. Like the sales comes first because how many people do you know who have a great product or a great idea and just cannot communicate it? That is a a dime a dozen. But people who can sell will always find a product. He's literally selling like the ugliest truck out there. And dude, like I want one so freaking bad. Yeah. It's the coolest thing in so many ways. But dude, it's anyways, we won't go too much. It's just a truck. There's cooler trucks. Rivians are better trucks. Hot take. Rivians are better trucks than cyber trucks, but they're not going to sell as many. So another rapid fire question. How do you decide how to pitch people, whether or not you proceed with them, you move on to the next door? you level with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is the worst answer, but it's also the best answer. As a person, like when you're talking to someone, like a girl or whoever, like you know when they're like done talking to you, that's when I leave. Yeah. And I think this is a broader question, but I think as sales reps, especially in door to door, we do a great job of like gaslighting ourselves into believing it's like a video game where you like press a button and like to make a person emote a certain way. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're not going to hack human beings. Like the reality is you're a person that's talking to a person. And I think at least for me, and I think most reps like, you know, when someone's done or like when it's like, oh, they're nervous or they're hesitant. Dude, lean into your judgment and your gut and your trust of like your own ability to discern how people are feeling and go with that. Don't complicate the sales process. You're a person communicating with a person. Yeah, I love that. One thing that you said earlier that I really liked was if I really believed in this, what would I do differently? What other thought processes or pieces of advice would you give the rep that's good who's trying to become great? or the great rep who's trying to become a goat? Yeah, first of all, believe in yourself. The number of reps who could hit Golden Door that don't is astonishing. I wasn't on pace to hit it. And a lot of reps think, oh, I can't, like, I couldn't until I did it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to get a Golden Door until you get a Golden Door. And so I think the biggest advice to reps trying to level up is like, first, believe you can do it, commit to it, and then figure out the process. But how do you decide what you should believe you should be going for? Because golden door it's set in stone you know what i'm saying but let's say that 100k rep should he be setting his goal for 150 should he be setting it for 200 should he be trying to go for golden door what's the right size goal yeah Dude, i think i think there's a couple ways the biggest thing i would say is look at i mean i would ask my leaders to be honest like my first summer and second summer like i just didn't know you don't know what you don't know right and so like i asked around they were like hey like based on your training based on this i've seen reps do this so to me, it's okay. I know and believe that I'm going to be an above average performer by a large margin in anything I do in life. And so then it's okay, cool. Let me f- set a number based on that. So you could ask peers, right? And I say this kind of vaguely because I don't know who's listening, like necessarily who's going to take this and mm-hmm. be like, oh, cool. I'm going to do five mil. So I would say lean on some of these people. Also to me, me personally, there's guys that I see hit golden door. And I'm not saying this like right now, but I think hypothetically in my mind, I was thinking like, Dude, like if these guys can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And I think I have a tendency to be like, dude, like why not me? And I think a lot of reps, their natural tendency is to say, why me? Why would I do that? Like, how could I do that? Like, it's just me. For me, my tendency is why not me? I've interacted with some of these guys that are hitting these crazy numbers. And I'm like, they're not aliens. They're not not particularly better looking than me. They're not like this, that. They just did it and I didn't. Okay, cool. I'm going to figure out how to do it. How do you set the number? 
Dude, I think lean into your pride a little bit. Because to me, it's, dude, if anyone can do anything, there's no reason I wouldn't be able to do it. Now, I'd have to go through the same process they did, have the same circumstances, have this, that to get the exact same result. But if I believe that, like any human being does anything, I should be able to figure it out and do it as well. Then whatever you want to do, like I say all these things first, but the reality is like whatever you want to do and are prepared to commit to do the work it took for them to do it. So what you just did was you convinced yourself that it was possible. Like you looked at these golden door reps and you're like, huh, if that's a normal person and I'm a normal person, then normal people can hit golden door. Yes. And so all of a sudden you made it. So you're now in a group where other people have hit golden door. And because you belong to that group, it's actually possible for you to hit it. Yes. And so step number one, you have to find a way to believe that it's actually possible. And it's not just wishful thinking, but like you literally found other people that weren't much better looking than you, like whatever it was, you grouped yourself in with them in normal life. If sales was never a thing, like this is just a normal dude. And if he's doing it, like why not me? You have to believe that it's possible for it to actually become probable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and to be honest, if you don't have that belief yet, if you're a rep that's listening to this and you don't have that belief, Literally ask, honestly, any golden door. Dude, like all of us had to build the belief first. And I, I don't know personally a single golden door that's going to be like, ah, I don't think you can do it because oh, I did it and I didn't think I could do it. So if you don't think you can do it, well, you're halfway there, right? Like now you have to build the belief. But dude, every golden door had to go through this. And so if you want to build the belief, ask me. Like my DMs are open and I can, I honestly will figure out a plan. But I just don't think any mark that a human being can reach is unreachable to me. Yeah. Because they're human. We have the same number of fingers. It's all the same. Yeah. One thing that I thought of while you were just barely talking was that person that you think is impressive, the person that you look up to, used to not be all that impressive. He was that acne cover, that acne face kid in high school, whatever. Like he wasn't impressive, but did something impressive. And now you view him as impressive. Like the whole point I'm trying to make is, it doesn't matter if you're not like insane right now or if you're not on that person's level, whatever. None of us were until we were. Yeah. And I think maybe, and this is, I don't want to get too abstract, but I think this is what you're ex explaining too is like Kobe, right? So let's imagine two hypothetical scenarios, right? One scenario is Kobe is not Kobe. Like he's a fully different dude or girl or whatever, but does all the things that Kobe did. That person, is Kobe. That's, that is the Kobe, right? Scenario two is Kobe, like same upbringing. He's like Kobe Bryant as we know. That's his actual name. Him. That's it's him. Kobe, but he does none of those things. That's not Kobe. He's not working out in the mornings. Like he's not getting the same results. Yeah. So, so that's not the Kobe we know. The Kobe we know is what Kobe became, chose to do and acted upon and created as a legacy. So again, it's, so is it the person themselves that is the golden door or is it the sum of all of the parts of the process of becoming a golden door? It's this, right? And so I think to your point, like if you strip all of the things and the work and the decisions that led to anyone earning a golden door, they're just a dude or yeah. just a gal. Like they're just a person just like you and me. It's the choices. And I think this is an important life lesson too. Who we are as a person is important in the sales equation and in life. But the decisions that we make are what 
creates who we really become and the legacy that we leave. Yeah, it's not about the genetics necessarily. Like going back to Kobe, if you have Kobe A and Kobe B and they're the exact same person and one works out like Kobe and the other one doesn't, even though they had the same genetics, it was the actions that they took changed the result. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you're not a golden door rep because you're not acting like a golden door rep. You're not a 100K a month kind of dude because you're not a 100K a month kind of dude. Hey, hate to break it to you, but there's a reason why you're not producing like these guys are. And sometimes it, it's really hard to hear and you don't 100% know wh which mental block is like in your way. And it, I mean, if you're trying to bust through that, people should reach out to you. Like I've, I do coaching for individuals going for really big goals as well. You can hire me as a coach, whether it's pest, solar, you know, anything in summer sales. You mentioned your DMs a few times. If people want to reach out to you or follow you for content because you have awesome content, What's your Instagram handle? And I'll also tag it below in the show notes. Yeah, it's at Aubert Lesperance. If you just put at A-U-B-E-R-T, I'm most likely the only person you follow with that or yeah. that is around with that name. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to spell that one out because that is not like a normal... Not standard, yeah. American English name. But and you know what's funny about that? Dude, when I started selling, I was like, dude, I wish my name was like Josh or like Mike. Right. Like some easy. But now when you introduce yourself, people are like, wait, your, your name's what? And that's what's interesting, right? Is could I look at that as like a negative? Yeah. But instead, it's like when people are on the fence and they're like, what was your name? I'm like, oh, it's Aubert. Here. That's why I say here, you know, back home, it's Aubert. Then all of a sudden it's a conversation start. Yeah. Dude, that's life. Like I'm French Canadian. You're American, I'm guessing. Like it's all the same. Like it doesn't really matter. Like you said, right? Like you become a golden door rep by becoming a golden door rep. And this is what I was saying earlier. And I know it's such an abstract thing, but for me, it was like, like eye opening, dude, of in order for you to get a golden door, you're going to actually have to get a golden door with everything that entails. If you don't believe that's possible, it will never happen. If you do the actions, you'll do it, but you can't just, it can't just be wishful thinking yeah. and you just hope it happens. It's actually going out and doing it to therefore receive it. And if you can't like envision in your mind yourself going through this process, at least enough to try and act on it, it just won't happen. Like you have to understand that one day you will get a golden door and you will look back and say, I'm a golden door rep. I service 650,000 or whatever it is in like other like spaces. This will be you. And that for me was like, okay, cool. Therefore what, right? Therefore, what does that take? And let me attack that. And I just, yeah, I think dude, we're only successful when we're performing a successful act, right? And so to me, you hit golden door and I think every golden door will tell you this. They're like, okay, cool. Now what? Because it's, that's no longer identity defining. And I have to figure out what the other behaviors are that lead to the next thing that I'm becoming. But yeah, you build to hit a golden door, you're the type of person who builds from where you're at. And so once you hit golden door, you're not just, okay, now I can retire. You might want to be lazy, but you're not the type of person who's just okay with just dropping off. Dude, it's funny. I've actually been thinking about this. You know what my feeling was after I hit golden door, dude? I was like, I only did 100K in May. I could have done so much <laughs> more. And that's not from a place of uh, like, beating myself up. It's just like, dude, cool. Like I can do way more. Now that means I did 250, whatever K my last month. 
dude, I do that every month next summer. Cool. This is really exciting. What's funny is everyone thinks hitting Golden Door is like some huge momentous occasion. It's, nope, dude, you hit Golden Door. With you, just you, a you go, hop in, you go hop in your car and you're like, you know what? I'm going to get whatever snack or whatever food I want to eat right now. And I'm just going to go home and pack up and I just want to go home. You know, it's like your reward is just being done. Yeah. And dude, you're, I remember like my last, my golden door sale, they got me over that. I was just like, this is just a sale, like like, every other sale. And so to your point, right? Like you don't become, you really don't become a golden door when you get a golden door. You become a golden door every step of the process to get a golden door. That last sale is no more valuable than the first or the second or the hundredth. Like it's all the same. And the process of becoming like, it's just, it's the sum of all the parts yep. and all of the parts matter. Everything matters, which is why to me, the intensity makes sense. Every single thing I do matters. Nothing that I do, I could remove. And like the thing would be the exact same, like every component matters and you need to attack your summer and your life like that. Yeah. Cause if not, what are you doing? What are you not valuing? Yeah, no, I freaking love that. The whole, the idea of your golden door rep the entire way, you know, your goal, you were a golden door rep even in May. Yes. You know, that's a part of your golden door. Yes. And so, yeah. So you can choose to, you can choose to doubt it the entire way there or believe it the entire way there. Either way, you're probably going to be right. And that's where to me, I'm like, dude, like whatever you can do to really buy in and believe it and commit to it. It's just going to make the whole thing so much sweeter because hitting a golden door on accident would suck. What I love is that for months, I would repeat hundreds of times every day. Like I have recordings on my phone of sales that I got and they're like going, getting the spouse or like turning off like the stove or whatever. And you can hear me being like, yeah, like you can hear me whispering it over and over again. And it wasn't yet confirmed to be true. But yeah. now that it's true, reading that is freaky because hmm. I'm like, oh, that happened. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And because you did the actions to hit it, you actually hit it at the end of the day. That was the final confirmed result. But anyways, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Any listeners, go give him some love on Instagram. Shoot him a, a message and just say, hey, listen to your podcast. Share the podcast. Tag Summer Sales Podcast on Instagram. I'd love to see what people think. And yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys, to another episode of the Summer Sales Podcast. Peace.